chapter 1 is on my heart this morning. Luke chapter 1. I want to look in verse number 5. Luke chapter 1, verse number 5 this morning. If you'll stand with me, we'll read the Word of God. If we reverence it this morning. Luke chapter 1, verse number 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of the incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. Thou shalt call his name John. Amen. I want to preach verse 13. There's a thought there and a little phrase that says, For thy prayer is heard. I want to preach on this thought today. Thy prayer is heard. Hey, Zacharias, thy prayer is heard. Hey, church, hey, Caleb, hey, Darren, hey, Seth, thy prayer is heard. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, would you help us this morning to preach the word of God in the power and in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit? And for this we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. 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 Thank you for standing. You may be seated. At this point in time in history, God has not spoken since the days of Malachi the prophet for 400 years. There was a tourist staying overnight in a little Vermont town. He joined a small group of men that were sitting out on the porch of the general store and he attempted to strike up a conversation with them. Getting no response from them, he asked, is there a law against talking in this town? Nope, one of them said. Ain't no law against it. We, make, we just want to make sure it's an improvement over the silence. When God broke his silence, he was preparing for the birth of his son. When God broke his silence, his son is worth speaking about. When God broke his silence, he's preparing for the forerunner of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, by name the forerunner, John the Baptist. We see when we think about Zacharias, three things. Number one, let us see his reputation and his walk with God. In the text we see there is a certain priest named Zacharias. Now we've already mentioned there's been 400 years of silence from God. The land is in spiritual decline. Do we see it in the land in which we live now? Righteousness seemed to be a forgotten virtue 
in that day. The spiritual conditions of the people were low and their walk with God was non-existent. Yet Zacharias walked with God and he lived a life that was pleasing to God. 400 years of silence. The Bible says in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, who was Herod? He was a man who was a murderer, murdered his own wife, murdered many in his family. He was hated, despised by his people. He was a monster of iniquity. And it was a time of national distress, especially from the leadership of the nation. Do we see that in the days and age which we now live? We see a monster of iniquity, but we see this priest was a man of integrity. Amen. And here he is serving God in these wicked days. Let me say this this morning. In spite of the conditions in which he uh, surrounded his life, he was faithful to serve God without excuse. It is a challenge to any believer under any circumstance to be faithful and serve God. His life shows it's not where you live, it's not when you live, it's that you can live faithful for God anytime, any place. Living for God does not depend on what's around you, it depends on who's in you. Amen. We see his calling, not just the conditions, but we see his calling. <clears throat> He's a priest. He's walking according to his profession and according to his calling. He's faithful. We call a fly a fly because it flies. We call a flea a flea because it flees. We call a bee a bee because it bees. Why do we call a Christian a Christian? Because Christ lives inside of them. Nowadays, Christians, you cannot see the life and the conduct matching up anymore to the testimony that they're supposed to be Christians. It is amazing how on Monday uh, we live for the world, but yet on Sunday we live for God. Something is wrong with that. There needs to be a match of our life and our lip. It's more than just making a profession. It is living it each and every day of our lives. And Zacharias was faithful to his calling. Amen. What about his character? Verse 6. They were both, he and his wife Elizabeth, were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord. They were blameless. They were living faithful and obedient lives unto God. So number one, we see his reputation and his walk with God. He is commendable in his walk with God. Number two, I want us to see his reaction to a word from God. Have you ever gotten a word from God? Has God ever spoken to you? There's been times when God spoke to me and I was afraid. I was so scared to move and I was scared not to move. And I didn't know what to do. Let's think about the petition he requested. Verse 7 says that he and his wife Elizabeth, they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. They were both now well stricken in years. 
childlessness in that day was believed to be a sign of God's displeasure. It's viewed as a sign of reproach from God. No doubt when they were younger, Zacharias and Elizabeth prayed and prayed and sought God's face about this matter that God would give them a child. And it's never been answered and now it seems like that's a foregone conclusion. That was not the will of God. We'll move on and pray about something else. Their petition that God would remove their barrenness, they feel like has never been heard. That they're never going to be blessed with a child. Maybe you're here this morning. You've got some burden on your heart. Maybe you're here this morning and you've got some tragedy in your life. Preacher Dan, what can I do about it? You need to do what Zacharias and Elizabeth did. You need to seek the face of God. I believe they prayed about it very faithfully, about the needs and the burdens of their heart. They brought their petition. They brought their prayer unto God. Now, I want you to see the privilege he can rejoice in. The Bible says in verse 8, it came to pass while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course according to the custom of the priest's office. His lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. In that day and time, Josephus tells us there was around 20,000 priests. Every priest would rotate in their duties and it would be his duty once in his lifetime, if he lived to be 70 years old, once in his lifetime to go into the holy place and to burn into the holy place on the altar of incense and burn that incense before God. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. It is a once in a lifetime privilege. And he's excited. He knows it's his course. It's his lot to have this opportunity to go in and see all these this, all these wonderful things as he walks in to the priest's office and walks into the holy place where he might serve God. Outside, while he's walking in to offer the incense, the people are outside praying. They're begging God without and within. Here he is going in to offer this incense on the altar. And the Bible says, in verse 11, there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord. Now just imagine Zacharias, this was an exciting day in his life. It was a real privilege to be able to serve God and go in the holy place. With spotless robes, it's a wonderful thing. His heart is pounding with excitement as he pours that incense and burns it before God. When all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appears unto him. And you know what he's thinking? Uh-oh, I must have done something wrong. God's getting ready to kill me. I'm getting ready to die on this very spot. I have sinned against God. I have done something displeasing to the Lord. The Bible says that he was troubled and fear fell upon him. The angel spoke to him and said, Fear not, Zacharias. Why? Zacharias is terribly afraid. He thinks he's going to die. Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, shall bear thee a son. Thou shalt call his name John. After all these years of praying faithfully about it, and now they've quit praying, they've given up. It's a foregone conclusion. Your prayer request was heard. You and your wife are going to have a baby. 
His name will be called John. The name John means the Lord is gracious. After all these years, your prayer has been heard. He's heard a word from God. And what did he do? It just, it just makes me think that why does God wait in our lives? Maybe this morning you have a prayer request. Why is God delaying his answer? Why is God waiting right now? I'm thinking about Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number 40. Isaiah chapter 30. Turn there with me. Isaiah chapter 30. I want to look at verse 18 this morning. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. God does not always answer our prayers immediately. Sometimes God answers with a delay in our lives. Why does he wait? I believe he waits to display his glory. God waits till situations are impossible beyond our comprehension. God waits when it's beyond human ability and beyond human explanation. Look at verse 18. And therefore will the Lord wait, comma, that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. The Lord waits that he may display his glory when he only will be exalted. Now, can you, are, 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 you have the ability to hold your place here and fast forward with me to the book of John chapter 11. And if you don't, maybe they can put this on the screen so you can see it. In John chapter 11, why does the Lord wait? John chapter 11. The Bible says that Lazarus is sick in John chapter 11. And Mary and Martha have sent for Jesus and said, verse 3, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but what? But for the glory. You see, God waits to uh, display his glory. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Verse 6, when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Amen. Finally, we know that Jesus headed that direction. When he got there, Martha met him. Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Believest thou this? Yea, Lord. I believe he shall be raised in the resurrection. The Lord said, I can help you right now. Where's your sister Mary? Mary, the master's come and calleth for thee. Lord, if thou hast been here, she said, my brother would not have died. But she fell at Jesus' feet. He said, where have you laid him? They came and pointed the place. He said, take away the stone. They said, hey, Martha said, he's been dead four days. By this time he stinketh, Lord. He said, take away the stone. Lord. It's not going to work. Look at verse 40. Jesus, watch this. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. The Lord waited that he may display his glory. I want to say to you this morning, you have somebody here, you have a prayer request that you have prayed and prayed and prayed. And now you've just about given up. You've quit praying the prayer. You felt like it's just not the will of God. This is never going to happen. May I say to you this morning. 
Thy prayer is heard. Woo! I'm going to do that that you've been praying for. I've waited until now that you might give me the glory. When it's beyond your explanation, I'm going to get the glory for it. He also waits not only to display his glory, but to dispense his grace. Now I go back to Isaiah. I hope you're still there. Chapter 30, verse 18. Therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. It's by the grace of God that he hears our prayer request. It's by the grace of God that he answers our prayer request. Hear me, this world in which we now live, people run around thinking they're entitled. They're entitled to this and we're entitled to that. Honey, I'm telling you, I was entitled to hell, but the Lord, amen, in his mercy, sent his son to die for me, shedding his blood and on the, bearing him and on the first day of the week, raised again, that if I'd placed my faith in him, he'd forgive me my sins and save my soul. By the grace of God, I've been saved today. And the Lord today said, I just want to let you wait. When I answer your prayer request so you'll know that this is for my glory, it's for your good because I've been gracious to you. In fact, they said, the name of the child will be John. It means the Lord is gracious. Go back with me now. Go back with me to the book of Luke, chapter 1. Luke, chapter 1. I'm almost, I'm almost done. Luke, chapter 1. Now look with me. Verse 14. The angel, still talking to, to Zacharias, he says, Thou shalt have joy and gladness. Many shall rejoice at his birth. I'm doing this for my glory. I'm doing this for your good. You're going to have joy. You're going to have gladness. People are going to rejoice. Hear me. God is not considered about not, not considering time. He's not worried about time. He's considering timing. If he sends John the Baptist too early, the timing is off for the birth of the Messiah, who will be born in the fullness of time. God, in your life right now, you're worried about, Lord, it's Lord, where yet? Lord, it's time. I need you now, Lord, where yet? I need you right now, Lord. God is not about your time. He's about timing. Amen. Now, the Bible says, and he says he's going to be great in the sight of the Lord. He's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. He's going to go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias. Look at verse 18. I want you to see not only the promise that Zacharias received, but I want you to look at the possibility he raises. This is huge. Zacharias, this, this devout man, this, this man that's been faithful and obedient unto God, has just heard that God has heard his prayer and that God is going to answer his prayer. I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And God has heard his prayer, and he ought to be shouting and rejoicing. Verse 18, Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. Now here's a man of the scriptures. He's a priest. He knew the story of Abraham and his wife. He, he, he knew that God can do the impossible. But this devout man has turned into a doubting man. And I want to talk to you this morning. When I just said to you that the Lord sent me here to tell you 
your prayer has been heard. Some of you broke out clapping. Some of you started saying, thank God. And some of you sit here saying, I kind of doubt it. I, I know that was for somebody else, but not for me. You see, the devout man became quickly the doubting man. He began to ask for a sign. Have you ever asked God to do something? And as soon as you ask him to do it, doubt that he's going to do it. We pray about something, but we do not expect him to do anything about it. Like Zacharias, we forget that God is not limited by the natural things. Do you realize this morning that God is supernatural? He can go beyond the realm and the scope of all that we know. He can transcend time and eternity and move heaven if he needs to to send you the blessing. An aged body, Zacharias, cannot hinder God from answering your prayers and doing what God wants to do. You may think, preacher, Darren, too much time has passed. Honey, I'm telling you, he specializes in doing that which is impossible. Verse 19, the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, in other words, you've asked for a sign and you're filled with unbelief, so I'm going to help your unbelief, and I'm going to give you a sign. Thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that those things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Zacharias is left without the ability to hear and without the ability to speak because he believed not the promise. Unbelief always has consequences. He's not able to hear. Unbelief will hinder our ears from hearing God's voice. Verse 21, the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. Zacharias has seen an angel. Zacharias has heard the message of God. Thy prayer is heard. But because of unbelief, he can't tell nobody. As I studied this, the devil tried to attack me even, saying, oh, your prayer's heard. That's just, no, nah, not your prayer. Somebody else, don't you pray. And I said, Lord, if I don't preach what you say, I'll be smitten. Where I can't speak, where I can't preach, where I can't hear from God. If I don't do what God says, I don't want to be guilty of unbelief before God Almighty. And here comes Zacharias out, and he's just moving his hands, but he can't tell. His eyes are that big around, but he can't tell nobody. What on earth has happened? Number three, I want you to see his recognition of the wisdom of God. Verse 23, it came to pass that as soon as his days of ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. 
And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months. What about that? She hid herself five months. And just imagine, she's an old woman, well stricken in years. It just wouldn't be fitting in that society to go out walking around in that shape. And she hid herself privately for five months. And in the sixth month, Mary comes into that household and stays with them. And go with me all the way down to verse number 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered and she brought forth a son. I want to take time out and say this. The punishment of unbelief did not invalidate the promise. She still conceived and had a baby. And for nine, what, nine months, Zacharias could not speak a word. The baby was born. On the eighth day, time to circumcise the child and present him before God. That's the, name, that's the day they'd name him. And all the family said, we're going to call him Zacharias. Zacharias Jr. You may say, preacher, Aaron, that didn't happen. Look with me. Verse 59, it came to pass. Then on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And the mother answered, saying, not so. His name shall be called John. They answered, said, none of your kindreds called by this name. In other words, that's a bad name. Imagine somebody else telling you what you're going to name your child. Well, God told them what to name it. And the Bible says in verse number 62, they made signs to his father. Well, preacher Darren, I don't know that he was smitten to where he couldn't hear. I understand he couldn't speak. Why do you think they're making signs to him? He can't hear either. They're having to make signs to him. In other words, how he would have him called. And old Zacharias, verse 63, he asked for a writing tab table and he wrote saying, his name is John. You know what he's saying? His name is God is gracious. <laughs> In the middle of being able, not able to hear and not able to speak, God is gracious. To God be the glory. And immediately when by faith he accepted the promise. When by faith he moved upon the promise. The Bible says his mouth was opened immediately. And his tongue loosed. And he spake. And he praised God. Verse 67. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The devout man became a doubting man. But now... He's become a man that's praising God. In conclusion, and I'm done. It was only when Zacharias acted on faith that he received his hearing and his speech back. Now, this morning, and as I read it, and God speaking to me and the devil trying to attack me, so I'm certain this morning, I'm certain, where I'm speaking to you this morning, when I said to you, when I believe God said to you, your prayer is heard, you are filled with doubt and wonder. Why should we ever wonder about your prayers being answered when we are praying to a God who knows no impossibilities? Why should we question how something can be done when we consider who it is that we've asked for the blessing, 
We've not asked the governor. We've not asked the Congress. We've not asked the Senate. We've not asked the Vice President. We've not asked the Supreme Court. We've not asked the President of the United States. We have asked the God of all glory who took nothing and made something out of it. Honey, it's nothing too hard for him. So I want to say this morning that God has heard your prayer. The answer is on its way. And you can trust him for the results this morning. You better go ahead this morning and thank him. You better go ahead and recognize God heard me. Nothing's too hard for him. He's not limited like I'm limited. I praise you this morning in your pardon. I praise you in your promises. And I'm glorifying your holy name this morning. Woo! Lord, if I have to wait, then you're displaying your glory. Lord, if I have to wait, you're dispensing your grace. It's all good the way I'm seeing it, amen. You'll stand to your feet this morning. I'm done. I believe God spoke to somebody today. Have you considered who it is you're praying to? Have you considered how small your object is to an almighty God? I'm telling you some folk this morning, you ought to slip out of your pew and out of your seat and get on your knees in this heart and say, God, I want to thank you that you have heard the prayers of a sinful man. You have heard the prayers of an undeserving man. You have heard the prayers of an unworthy man. And you've granted, yea, granted my petition. And Lord, this morning, I'm just going to rejoice and praise you for a while this morning. Folks are coming. Would you bow this morning and say, Lord, by faith, I'm going to receive the promise of God. Folks are moving. God bless you today. Still moving. Keep moving. If you're watching at home, I challenge you. Find a place. Get on your knee right there by the sofa, down by the bed. Pull your car off the side of the road and get down and say, Lord, thank you for hearing my prayer and for answering according to thy will and according to thy wisdom. Fall this morning, as we bow in your presence, we give you praise, honor, and glory. And today we take time to recognize the God of all glory who knows no impossibility who knows no limitation. You have heard our prayer, and God, you've answered our request. In your timing, Lord, we receive it. God, we praise you for it. We thank you, God. Oh, Lord, how you saved our soul and forgave our sins, how you took care of our every single need. Lord, why would we doubt that you would leave this out? Why would we doubt, Lord, that we'd be without a blessing here? So, God, we bow. And, Lord, we confess to you our unbelief. God, you don't need to smite us deaf or dumb. Lord, this morning we bow in praise and in thanksgiving. God, what great things you have done. We praise you for it, Lord. For it's in Jesus' name we ask and pray and make our petition and our thanksgiving known. Amen and amen.